Welcome to this episode of the Million Dollar Mastermind, where we get real world insights on winning from people who have accomplished amazing things. I'm your host, Larry Wydell, and let's get going. I'm talking with Bill Whittle. Bill, congratulations on your incredible uh, business you've built and legacy there. And uh, you become a legend in uh, uh Baton Rouge and uh, impacting tens of thousands of people's lives. But it started uh, with you digging in early in your career because, you know, you had to. You had the great example from your your mother and your father. And uh, uh, so how about after you went through that thing and you saw that at a young age, you're getting an education in life, right? <laughs> How does your dad at 11 years old, I'm trying to remember if my dad ever said anything to me, <laughs> memorable, <laughs> ever, uh, let's see, uh, really no. And so, uh, uh, but he had the example of hard work and industriousness and this, that, and the other, you know, but uh, no life lessons. Of course, he grew up uh, an orphan, so I guess he didn't feel like he was an oracle on uh, giving wisdom to the young son, but uh, your dad did do that. How did he die, by the way? Uh, he was driving his, the forklift, it flipped, broke his neck, crushed him and, and his skull, and he died on the spot. So it was a sudden, sudden thing. Yeah, yeah. And uh, there must've been something in him that where he knew he needed to pass on a lot of stuff to you early on, because that's really unusual. Yeah, I think I really think because I mean, anytime you have a lack of, of uh, uh, formal education, you don't really know the importance a lot of times of what you're passing on. I just think that was who my dad really was. I saw him. He was he worked. I mean, worked nonstop. Why? To provide for us kids. And I've taken on that same aspect of my life, no matter what it took to provide for my family. I was willing to do that if it meant working hard, staying up at nighttime, work on the weekends, sacrificing, going back. And it didn't matter if that's what it did. That's what served me very well in my athletic career. Whatever it took to be the to be that, I was going to do it. But in my family, there were no excuses. Oh my God, you made no excuses whatsoever. Because if you wanted some, for a good example, Larry was uh, as uh, uh, right before my father got killed. I was, uh, I wanted this go-kart. I was like 10 years old. I, I remember it like yesterday. And, and I really wanted this go-kart and I was talking to him and he knew I wanted something, but I knew not to ask my dad for something if I wasn't willing to give something for it. And, right. and he said, never mistake what you want for the price you're willing to pay. You're right. not going to be a thief. You're not going to be a gambler. You're going to be a champion. You're going to you're going to pay the price if you want it. If you don't want it, shut up and don't talk about it. But if you want yeah. it, I can show you how to get it. So I wanted this go kart, and he said he said, okay, well, here's the deal. He said you can have the go kart. I thought that meant he was going to give me the money. I should have known that by knowing my dad. Didn't mean he was going to give him the money, but he was going to give me a way to get the money to get the golf cart. So the money I didn't have the money, but I wanted the go kart. Okay, so now how can I do that? said, okay, you can use our lawnmower. You know how to cut the grass? I'll pay for the gas. You go knock on the doors, ask people to cut their grass. You'll get some money and you'll get the go-kart. 
I, and I said, okay, well, what about if I need more? He said, then go rake people's yards, get the rocks out of the driveway before you cut their grass so you don't bust their windows. So I said, okay, can I use your rake? He said, yeah, here's a rake, go use my rake. He said, then look at the driveways in front of their driveways. There's dirt and stuff there from the snow had got there, got in the street, go rake the, the uh, sweep the driveway. I mean, the driveways and the, and the streets because everybody had gravel driveways. He said, rake that, you'll get some more money. Well, you know what the point is? I, I, I got enough money, but before I did that, I said, dad, the problem is I'm also in, in, in a position to make the all-star team and the little uh, baseball team I was playing on. And I said, I want to make that baseball team. He said, no problem. Then give up on the fact you want that go-kart and make the baseball team. He said, I said, dad, I want both. I don't need the or. He said, and you got a problem. I didn't give you a solution. You got to double down and start working your butt off all day long. When you're not practicing baseball, get your butt out there, cut the grass, rake the driveways, sweep the streets. And he said, then get your butt out there and practice baseball. At the end of the day, Larry, I got that go-kart and I made that all-star team. You can do both. You don't have to do either or. And I learned that principle from my dad without him ever telling me that was a principle of life, but that is the principle of life. T.R. Becker, one of the great authors in the world, he teaches that. It's neither either or, it's both. And I learned that from my dad. And uh, as you came up in life, I mean, you were pretty much equipped to deal with, you know, you got the education that was, you know, people talk about parents talk about educating their kids and how important it is. And they fight over this and fight over that, all the intellectual things, which is important. Right, right, you know. right, right. But, but then they'll go out there and they'll raise like, you know, no, no offense, Harvard, Yale, Princeton, but you got a bunch, you know, even Alan Dershowitz uh, says it's, he wrote a book. He's like, it's like, uh, he said, they're like herds of sheep. Right. Around. They don't know their identity. He said, totally weak. He said, oceans of kids hit those universities with beyond straight A's. You have to have right. straight A's to before they'll even take the application. Then you have to have the extras to get in. But he said, no backbone, no spine, no life experience, you know, no overcoming type thing, life experiences, totally unequipped. And all they're equipped is to accumulate more knowledge. And the thing is that uh, much less the spiritual side, you know, there's one thing about dealing with normal life problems, but it's another thing to have a spiritual foundation. You know, they'll say like, okay, we'll solve that. We'll teach an ethics class. We'll, we'll put ethics, uh, an ethics class uh, every year for four years. So that, that'll make them uh, not cut corners and cheat and steal when they get into business. No, it right, won't. Right. No, <laughs> no. An ethics course. It's not that they don't know what's right. They just don't have understand how life works and rewards people with character. Uh, you know, and that you can't. People can see through phonies, and that you you know if you're going to have a solid foundation, it's just the one parable in the new Testament about the uh, man that built the house on shifting sand, you know, and yeah. the, you know, the storm came and it blew down. I mean, something like that, never, never done on. Them. And so this, you got an education 
your, your parents, you know, people that are out there saying, you know, I want to send my kids to the private school and this, that, the other, I can't afford it and everything. And I understand it. I mean, you know, every one of my uh, uh, nieces, nephews, and uh, <laughs> great nieces and nephews are, are dealing with that and stressing. And that's, that's great. That's important. But these lessons, you can teach them yourself. And, uh, but you got to know, you know, you got to learn them from somewhere. And I think with my own father, Bill, he learned industriousness from watching his father work and, and everything, but he was, mm -hmm. in essence, he was more or less an orphan, you know, and uh, he grew up living at different relatives place, you know, the uh, uh, original family got a divorce, the new wife didn't like it didn't like the first son because he wasn't his. And so he had to like live it in any realm. So he was like a vagabond and he didn't, you know, the one thing he was food, shelter, clothing, you know, mm -hmm. he, he was a hard worker, but these kind of lessons were totally, you know, totally beyond him in terms of being able to pass them on to me. So some of us like yourself are fortunate to get that from the parents. Uh, some of us don't, but you're going to need them in life. And that's why we're doing this, you know, call right here. You know, we're not, we're just going to take, we're taking uh, some time out to say, these are simple things, but <laughs> you'll use them every day in every situation because life is going to hit you from all sides and it's how you respond. And so the importance of what you're passing on to your kids and, uh, those around you and those in your uh, business, you know, the principles that you're passing on to them um, make all the difference in the world because none of us are going to be around forever. And the other thing is none of us, like you said, uh, when I, uh, we started talking, I said, so you're, you're in the office today. You're said every day, you know, in the office. But the thing is, that's not true. You know, you travel, you know, you go here, you go there, there's company conventions, meetings, you know, and uh, uh, there's always going to be times where uh, uh, we're not around and the success of our families, our companies, our kids are uh, all uh, have to do with how people behave when we're not there. You know, so uh, what you pass on is absolutely a key. And how did you get uh, take this thing when you're you moved up through the ranks beyond uh, you know you're taking on responsibility you're getting more independent you're moving up into your full teenage years obviously sports was a vehicle for you hmm. you were pretty you were pretty you said you got a nine-year-old right now that's probably taller than me uh, uh, grandson what uh, uh, how tall were you how quick did it become obvious to you you're probably gonna be a ball player well, I was probably what I call a, a, a late bloomer. Not probably, I definitely was. But, you know, one thing you just said there about being in the office every day, we know the Bible also says pray without ceasing. That doesn't mean you're praying 24 hours a day, seven days right. a week, every second. That is not the case. It just means you make that as habitual right. as you possibly can. So it's a consistent thing. Like my people around my office here, I got a beautiful office complex and all that kind of stuff. And my people know this door is open all the time. Yet 
when the cleanup people in the office complex comes in there, they lock that door. So it's not open all the time. <laughs> the concept is it's an open door policy. There's no right. pecking order. Uh, you don't have to worry about, well, I'm one of, and Bill's business, but I'm way down here. He's way up there. No, there's, yeah, I'm open. I'm there. Same yeah. thing with the office. You know, I'm here every day. I'm making a consistent thing. And you also brought up a thing a while ago about the sheep. You're right. People are like sheep, but that's where they're looking for leaders like a shepherd. And, right. the, and the problem is nobody wants to be a shepherd because you have to, you have to work with the sheep and you get sheep dung on your feet all the time. Well, then that's what, that's what leadership is. You got to walk yeah. among the people. If you're going to be a leader of the people, in my personal opinion, now, going back to what you said, you know, uh, when I look at, uh, uh, you know, hard work, okay, I learned that from sports. I learned in a lot of things, whether I was out hunting, uh, my dad would say when all these other guys, because once again, him dying when I was, he was, my dad was 33 when I, he died, I was 11, but before then, I started hunting out in the, in the fields with my dad, whether it's rabbit hunting, squirrel hunting, pheasant, whatever it is. And uh, I remember, I know my dad loved me, but I'm thinking sometime, wait a minute now, he'd be out there smoking cigarettes, drinking wine, we'd be out hunting with a full loaded shotgun. <laughs> I'm thinking, I'm not sure if he did and all these other men, but I remember him telling me, now, Bill, son, he'd never call me Bill, son, you go stand over here. And when you hear that dog start barking, you go start kicking the bushes and start trying to kick up the bushes, kick up the, the fence rows because a rabbit's gonna be there. And he said, but you keep listening for that rabbit dog. When you hear the rabbit, uh, the dog's voice getting less loud, less loud, that means they're, they're chasing the rabbit. When you hear it started getting louder, they're circling that rabbit right back to the same spot where they jumped it up. You get your butt back over there, get ready to shoot and you're gonna get that rabbit. Then I realized that he was teaching me a very simple principle that if don't stop working when everybody else stops working. And I developed that mindset through hunting, through the discipline of my father. I don't really think he was knowing what he was teaching me, but that's how I brought into those same concepts when everybody else was just doing the easy thing, waiting for the dog to bring the rabbit back around. I was out there kicking the bush. What that means, I was actively involved. I was improving my skills, but I was in mo motion and a body in motion tends to stay in motion. By the time that rabbit came back, I'd probably already shot two or three different attempts. And then all of a sudden I killed that rabbit too. Well, the same thing in sports. So I, early on, I wasn't that good. I wasn't that tall. I wasn't that talented. But as I started getting in the fifth grade and then the sixth grade, I started growing. That's the time my dad died. I had developed those habits, but that's also the other the time that other coaches came into my life, basketball coaches, baseball coach, football, this, that, and other. And I, because I was coachable because of my father and I was, I was very, very coachable. So the coaches knew here's a guy that was going to have some size. State of Indiana is a big basketball state. Uh, the school I went to was a big basketball school. So it was like, this guy's going to have some size. And they saw I had a tremendous work ethic. Well, all great coaches can identify physical talent, but they want to know, do you have mental talent? Are you mentally tough? Can you take the diff? Can you take the hard work? Can you take a hit? Can you take the 
the late hours and come back because that is Vince Lombardi, the greatest football coach ever said the one thing he looked for in players, are they mentally tough? Well, you're not born mentally tough. You got to develop mental toughness. Uh, the founder of a company that I'm was um, been with all my life said, if you've never gone through tough things in your life, when time comes, tough times come, you're going to flake out. I never have been a flaker. And I think coaches saw that in me. So when I started growing physically and I started getting taller than everybody, and then I started developing my physical skills because of my work ethic and my mental toughness to stay with something, not quit, never quit, never quit, never quit. I brought that into sports. By the time I was in the seventh grade, then the eighth grade, by the time I was in ninth grade, played on an undefeated team, nobody ever beat the team we beat in the city of Indianapolis. By the time I got in high school, I was a pretty good athlete. And by the time I finished high school, I was an excellent basketball player and was able to choose anywhere in the United States I wanted to play basketball. And so I think all these things served me well. And I brought the same thing in my coaching career when I coached for eight or nine years. And I just brought that same concept into the business world, which requires the same mental toughness, the same work ethic, and the same coachability that it takes to be successful in anything. That coachability concept is critical. Matter of fact, I've just written a book, finalizes at the publishers right now. It's a nonprofit book. I'll never do anything of itself, my business to make my money, but it's going to be out there and I'm pretty excited about it. The all editors and publishers are excited about it, but it, once again, it's a total non-profitable. It's just totally, uh, don't, all the money's going for church and charities around the world. So I'm pretty excited about it. Yeah. I, I can't wait to, uh, to get in and talk about that thing. That's what you just went through right there. Uh, is a perfect uh, nugget capsule uh, of two or three minutes that people need to listen to over and over and over to get it in their head. Uh, if there's anything about that they didn't understand, they need to go and replay that. And by the way, that person you were talking about, I won't get into the names, and, right. his, and his wife, uh, he just turned 80. And right. uh, on Tuesday, and I had lunch with him on Tuesday, and uh, uh, he's had surgery in his back recently. I right. mean, he's had like 15 surgeries, you know, at 17, and uh, normal health problems. You know, you, you have success in life and business and this, that, and the other. You still have to, have to go through the health things. But, Bill, here's the thing. That sucker had walked. He must have walked that morning. We had lunch at one o'clock. He must have walked. He showed me where he walked. I don't know how far is it. Probably 10 miles. <laughs> yeah. His wife was saying, you've got to stop that. You're going to destroy your body. But he said, they tell me walking is the best thing for your, you know, senior citizens. And he, he's, <laughs> he just had back surgery. He's out there walking 10 miles in the morning. But that toughness, you know, because he knows, and we learned from it, uh, uh, it's in your, it gets in your blood, in your bones, and it can give you benefits, 
all your life in every area. And so thanks so much, Bill. That wraps up this episode. Consider leaving a rating and review if you like what you heard. In addition, I have a free video for you and it contains my best insights from 20 years of running my own business and also coaching million dollar earners. You'll find it at whiteellonwinning.com forward slash webinar. Thanks for listening and do it big.